Well, good morning. I'm so glad you guys like those videos because I think they're hilarious. Um, my name is Jared. I'm director of family ministry here at Journey Church. If I haven't met you, I hope to meet you today. It would be an honor to meet you. Welcome to Journey Church. This is, this is honest to God, this is going to be a fun series. Um, and I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that um, just <laughs> off the cuff. This is going to be a really good series. If at any point during this series you want to share this with somebody that you know somebody who needs to hear what we're talking about, or if you miss a Sunday and you want to get caught up, you can go to this website. Um, actually, that's not the right website. Go ahead and take that down. I wish I'd checked that before I told you guys to do that. It's actually honestyseries.com. It's very simple, honestyseries.com. You guys can look that up, and you can go there right now if you want to and get the description of the series. But we are, we're going to be walking through that. But before we do, I, just to start off, because this is an honesty series, it's about being honest, I need to be honest with you guys a little bit so you get to know me. Some of you don't know me very well, and you're already confused about what's going on here because Matt's not up here on stage. So I just want to get some things out in the open and let you know a little bit about myself. One thing is that I was one of the founding members, I guess you could say, of Journey Church. Uh, In fact, my wife and I were the first two people Matt called to meet at Cracker Barrel to talk about starting the journey. So I've been here since the beginning. I've been heavy on every excruciating moment of road crew. Uh, it's been a wonderful ride, uh, setting things up from the very beginning. This is a, such a good situation to be in over here. You guys don't know how much easier it is not to have to lift things up on a four-foot dock like we did at the Kerr Center. So lots of, lots of stories. If you want to stick around afterward and hear stories from me about those kind of things, I'd be love to tell you. Uh, I also have a family. Uh, as I mentioned, my wife, but I also have three kids. I'd like to show you guys a, a photo. This is my family. Um, not, not this woman. I don't know who she is. But the rest of those people are my family. Now, the reason I show you this photo is because if you saw me and my family walking down the street, you would think I was the crazy one. But I'm not. I mean, take a look at this photo. My my middle daughter is the crazy one. Okay, look at her. She knows where the camera is. How do you know where the camera is on a ride? She knew, right? She's pointing, she's smiling right at it. This is my wife, Sarah. She's hiding her face on purpose. She probably knew I was going to use this photo at some point. This is my youngest daughter, Ella. She is having a blast. And no, this is the handlebar. That's not, the seat bar is down over her lap. She is safe, just so you know. And then me and my son are in the back. That's my son, Isaac. He is 12 years old. Uh, He's playing tennis. I'm so proud of him. He's he's having a good time. So I wanted to show you guys this so you would know that this is the way my family is all of the time. We get along. We never argue. We have lots of fun. We are always with our hands in the air, right? No, honestly, no, that's not right. But I picked this picture on purpose, right? Because I wanted you to see how fun we were. But I have to be honest with you. We're not always this fun. We're not always this happy. We're not always having such a great time. And we argue just like everybody else. We, we have fights. We talk about things that we shouldn't. And there's just things go on. So just to be honest, that's where I'm coming from. These five people, though, I love so very much, even though sometimes we have difficulty. So now it's your turn. I want you to be honest with me, and no, not everyone has to pull out a family photo, but I want to get your gut reactions to this next slide, okay? You get ready. What do you feel when you see this? Okay, some of you are laughing. That's good. You know what I feel when I see this? I think of ninth grade uh, Algebra 1 class, and I think of uh, not knowing what to do. Like, I have this sudden urge to, like, get out of the room, because math is not for me. Like, I, I'm good with reading and writing and all that, but you start doing math, and people who have worked with me in building something 
or are working with something that requires math, I'm not, I'm not kidding you guys, I cannot even add. Like it's that bad. So when I see this, like some of you, I feel like less of a person. Right? Are you with me? Like you suddenly had this sudden drop in self-esteem. And you're probably considering not coming back because there's going to be math. That, that you've already gone. Now, some of you, though, in the, in the seats right now have already pulled out your notepad and have started to write down the equation, and you have it solved already. And you're going, man, if every church had math, I would be there. Because I'm talking your love language this morning, people. And there's that, that was one nerd in the whole crowd just laughed out loud, right? Some of you nerds are like, yes, it's got an exponent, Right? And you just get all jacked and you're, so, you're having so much fun. But listen, just so you know, you guys that like this, you are, on, you are in the minority and we all hate you. That's, that's true. But, but here's what I want to do with this equation. I, you know what you do with an equation like this? You solve for X. And so I'm going to go ahead, spoiler alert, if you haven't finished solving it, I'm going to go ahead and give the answer. X equals three, okay? To solve this, you have to solve for x, and, and the answer is 3. So if you want to solve this equation real quick, just plug in 3 where there's an x, and you can multiply it, add and subtract it out, and you can, you, can get, you can get it all equaled out, okay? So you just solve for x in this. Here's my question, though. In life, doesn't life sometimes feel like a huge equation? Like that you're trying to solve, like that there's like these, all these different components and problems and things that jump out at you, and emotionally they drive you insane, and you just feel like, I can't solve this thing. I can't solve all this stuff going on at once. It just seems to be too much I'm having to deal with. And it just seems like this complicated mathematical problem. And most of us don't like dealing with that many complex parts, right? So are you an X equals three kind of person where you kind of, you kind of just work through the problem and you work through it and you solve it and you, you solve for X quickly and you, you resolve issues quickly? Or are you like most of us where you look at, the complexity of what's going on in your life and you shut down or you ignore things or you push things to the side and instead of being honest about how it's affecting your life and perhaps your relationships, you just, you just eh, hide that because it's too complex to worry about. It's, it's too much for me to kind of dig in on and spend some time with. That's kind of, that's kind of how I am. And maybe you're like me. Maybe, maybe it's the first part of the equation, maybe there's a death from somebody in your past. You know, maybe it's recent or maybe it's from a long time ago, but maybe somebody died and, and, and maybe it was a, a grandparent or a parent or a brother or sister or a niece or a nephew. And you watch that person leave this world and you never really dealt with it. And, and their death still sort of like hangs on you and kind of messes with you every once in a while. And most of the time, you just, you just push it to the back and you just push it down and you just try to hide away from it. And you go, okay, that's, good. that's just all gone and, and done with it. I just need to forget about it. And instead of being honest up front, you just kind of let that hang there. Or maybe for some of you, it was a close call. I actually had a close call this week. I was in a car accident, just me. And I hit a telephone pole. And it was, I'm still processing it. Maybe some of you, you, you were in a car accident that you shouldn't have walked away from. And, or maybe you were in a situation where you were with a bunch of friends and they all got caught doing something you weren't supposed to be doing and you got away scot-free. And still to this day, you haven't really processed what went on in that moment where there's this close call and it, it still sometimes just kind of comes back and bugs you because you're, you haven't processed it fully and it, it still kind of weeds itself into conversations. Or maybe there's a job 
Yeah, maybe it's your current job. There's so much stress in your job and your boss has so much pressure on you to do certain things. Or maybe there was a job in the past that, that still to this day you got, you got fired from or you walked away from and it still bothers you because you've never really dealt with honestly what went on there. And that job just kind of hangs there. Or maybe for you it's this. Maybe it's envy. Is there something you want? Maybe there's some, I don't know what you envy, but you have house envy or car envy, or maybe it's you envy her nails and her hair and how they look on Instagram posts. I don't know, I don't know what you envy and you're jealous about, but sometimes this can hang on and you look at those different things that other people you don't even like have what you want and you, it just bothers you. And you're never really honest about that, but you definitely, you definitely deal with it. What about this one? Future plans or maybe plans you had that didn't work out. Like some of you are in a position in your life, you thought, oh, I'd be, I, I should be married by now. I, I should have kids by now. I should be at a better place in my career now. Why, why am I? But all these plans have fallen through and you're not sure what to do with that. And, you, and yet you just keep hiding away from that. You don't kind of address those issues. You don't try and get in there and work with it. Just kind of push it away. What about this last one? Just a loss. Maybe you lost a marriage. Maybe you lost a second marriage. Maybe you lost a child. Maybe you lost a job, the perfect job, the job. Maybe you just lost your way. Like you just got confused about life and what it was about. And you still haven't dealt with any of those things. And so many of us, guys, all these different emotions, you might have three or four of these working on you at once. And the complexity of that equation just continues to haunt you. And so I want, I want to just kind of bring us all in together so we can understand that this whole series for the next few weeks, what we're going to be talking about is how to deal with the complexity of the emotional things that tend to just derail us emotionally, derail us relationally, derail us in terms of our purpose and our peace. Because this unresolved causes tension and unrest. And when we're looking for peace and when we're looking for a solution, we can't seem to figure it out because I'll tell you right now, most of us just will not be honest. So when we consider this equation in terms of life, I want you to know that X equals honesty. Honesty is gonna be the key to unlock a lot of things in our lives that tend to derail us and push us to the side. And I wanna show you how today that God has called us to be honest to him about all these different things and how that can be so very freeing for us to just get honest to God this morning. So here's what I know, and here's, well, here's what I think I know that about all of us in the room this morning. That most people are mostly honest, right? Now, some of you are just straight up liars. Like you don't even pretend to be honest. And, but you know what? You're still mostly honest because if you were not honest, at least some of the time, people wouldn't believe your lies. So you even know that you have to be mostly honest in order to get your lies by. But most, hey, most of us in the room, us, right? We're mostly honest. Consider your recent tax return, right? You ever been doing your tax return and you're like, I really don't know what to do here. I'll just do my best, <laughs> right? I'll, I guess I'll just write this number in because it looks pretty good, right? We're, most, we're mostly honest. Let's be, let's be um, maybe it's just my perspective, okay? <laughs> maybe I need to be more honest. Maybe I'm just talking about, what about you teenagers or college students? Honestly, any age with your parents, you ever been just like mostly honest with your parents? Where were you this weekend? Oh, you know, just out hanging out with friends. I went all the way to Atlanta and back in one night. Right? You are mostly honest with them. 
What, what about with uh, your Tinder profile, you guys dating online, your Tinder profile, your, your Facebook profile? Don't you tend to be mostly honest with the pictures and things you post? Like, I'm mostly honest. I posted one yesterday, and it said, hashtag Lazy Saturday. That was a lie. It was a straight-up lie, people. I wanted it to be a Lazy Saturday, but I actually drove like uh, 45 miles in the first hour of my day, right? And I just happened to grab some donuts in the 15 minutes that my daughters and I got to sit down between that. But I, we are mostly honest. Guys, even those of us who have been to a counselor and they ask us questions, we can't say we've been completely honest, right? Even with person we're supposed to be completely honest, we're not honest with. We just, for some reason, this honesty thing is something we really deal with and struggle with. But every one of us knows this is to be true, that most, our whole, most healthy relationships are our most honest relationships, Right? There's nobody in the room that wants to have a relationship with somebody where they know they can't be honest, or at least mostly honest. The people who lie to you are not the people you spend most of your time with. The people you lie to are not the people you want to be around all the time. You want to be around people who are honest with you and that you can be honest with, because that's what intimacy looks like. That's what a relationship is built on, is that trust of being honest back and forth. And the same thing is true for our relationship with God. The most healthy relationships with God are based on people being honest with Him. And here's the deal about this whole thing with God, is that if you, if you only bring part of yourself to a relationship, you only get a portion of that person back. As much as you're willing to reveal about yourself is all you're going to get revealed back to you. And the same thing is true of your relationship with God. That if, if you won't be fully honest with God, you, he won't be fully open to you. So this next thing is true. I want you, if there's anything to hang your hat on today, if there's any statement you needed to write down or you needed to memorize or you needed to repeat to yourself, this next one is it. Sorry, that's not it. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not it. I'm, I messed up, I guess. But until you are fully honest with God, until you are completely honest with God, you cannot know God, God fully. You cannot experience Him in a full way. Until you are completely honest with who you are and what you're dealing with and the things that you're going through, until you're fully honest with Him, you're not going to see parts of Him because God created a relationship this way. He said, if you'll be honest with me, you'll get to see more of me. So if you'll, you'll break open some of this stuff that you're not willing to deal with and you'll open it up to me, then I will open up myself to you. But until you do that, I can't. And it's just the same with any of your other relationships, guys. But the problem is we tend to hide away and think God is hiding from us. And it's just not true. It's just not true. God is wanting a relationship with us. He is wanting us to know him in a very special way. And so we have got to learn to be honest in all these different emotional aspects. We've got to learn to be honest with him. Wouldn't it be great if there was a great example? And there is. David is the greatest example. If you guys know anything about King David in the history of Israel, King David was the second king of the nation of Israel, but he was the most famous king because what he was able to accomplish. And what was so interesting about this man, David, is what God called him. God named David a man after his own heart. He was known as a man after God's own heart. And what's weird is that David was also a murderer and an adulterer. He did a lot of bad things. And so it wasn't those things that he did that brought him closer to God or that God wanted to celebrate in David's life. I don't think that was it at all. But David 
also was kind of like a worship leader of his time. As he grew up under King Saul, he actually sang to King Saul songs of worship and praise to calm King Saul down. And so David wrote a lot of the, the Psalms that we read in, right in the middle of your Bible. If you look at a, a traditional Bible and you open up to the middle, it opens almost directly up to Psalms. And David wrote almost all of those poetry songs, Psalms that express different emotions to God. And I think what David did that God loved so much was David was brutally honest about everything in his life to God. And David brought himself in an open and honest manner to God in a way that allowed God to open up himself to David. And so God calls him a man after his own heart. So I want to walk you guys through some Psalms of David. Now we're going to be skipping around a lot. So if you're going to try and follow on your phone, you might be able to keep up, but everything's going to be on the screen. But I want to walk you through some emotions that David had. And you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised what David is honest about and how honest he is. Because I know a lot of you are thinking right now, wait a minute, if I were honest with God, I, I just keep thinking about my, my pastor growing up or the priest I watched or the different people I heard pray. And it just sounds like to me they knew exactly what to say and how to say it. And it was kind of, it was so good the way they phrased certain things. And, and if I'm going to be honest to God, I'm going to have to learn how to speak better. No, 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 no. I think you're going to see that from David's, the way he speaks in these Psalms, while he has some great imagery and, and great poetic form, it's not about how he says it. It's about how honest he is in saying it. So I want to look at this first one. Have you ever been afraid? Go ahead and raise your hand. No, don't raise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been afraid. We've all been afraid, right? David says, Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. Right? You've got to save me. God, God. I take refuge in you. There's nowhere else to go. You, if you don't come along, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, how bad is it, David? How bad is this? Are you just being dramatic? Look what he says in this next verse. Or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. God, if you don't show up, I'm dead meat. That's pretty brutally honest. God, if you don't do something, my enemies will take me down. And a lot of us guys, we may not have a physical enemy who physically wants to hurt us, but doesn't it feel this way sometime when you're afraid that the next thing that comes along will tear you apart? Like it will rip you to shreds and you'll be left with nothing if, if somebody doesn't come and save me? God, if you don't come and save me, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Have you, have you ever talked to God about what you fear? Have you ever, have you ever told God what it is you're most afraid of? That you've honestly looked at the future and been afraid of something that might come and you've been honest to God about it? God, if you don't come in and change something, I'm headed down this. But I, if God, if you don't come in and save me, I don't know. Maybe you need to do that today. Or what about this one? What about this motion? Let's talk about a good one, right? <laughs> what about being grateful? Have you been grateful out loud to God? Look at, look at what David does. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, right? I waited for a long time for this. I, I waited and waited and waited. And he turned to me and heard my cry. Isn't it great to know that God turns to look at us and hear what we have to say? And he lifted me 
out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He did what I asked him to do. He came along and answered a prayer. Some of you have a prayer that's been answered in the last few weeks or the last month. And have you been grateful to God? Have you been out loud grateful? Watch what David does. Watch the honesty. He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song. I shouldn't have done that. I know, I'm sorry. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm grateful to be alive today. That car wreck, my car, both airbags blew. My car is in shambles and I walked out, right? I have a new song to sing. I'm not gonna embarrass you by singing it here, but some of you should never sing out loud anyway, right? But have you been honest to God about how grateful you are that he answered your prayer and even heard you? Have you been so grateful that you just got alone somewhere and you were able to tell him, God, I, I just, how awesome that you heard me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Has gratefulness come out of your mouth or has you just kind of been, man, that was a, whew, thankfully, whew, and you never really dealt with the gratefulness that you should be extending to the God who saved you. What about this emotion? Have you ever felt powerless You've felt like, a, like you were in a situation where you didn't have any choice. You didn't have anything that you could do. There was nothing you could do to change your circumstances. David says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why have you forgotten me? You ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt like the situation you were in, there was an, an, obvious, an, an obvious that God was just ignoring you? that he, he, would not be, he would not be there, that he was not there, that he would just leave you to your own devices and whatever happened, he didn't really care about it. Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? Have you ever felt oppressed? Have you in your workplace ever been put in a situation where everybody else was against you? Have you ever felt like you were, you were maybe because of your race or your gender or for what you believed, you were putting in a, in a pigeonhole and you were just kind of pushed away? David's felt that way. David's felt powerless. Look at this next part. My bones suffer. Have you ever, have you ever hurt all the way in your bones? Like the, I, I can't, I'm not even sure I can describe the pain he's talking about. My ba- bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me, all day long, where is your God? Can't you, can you hear just a little bit in David's voice talking to God? You hear what they're saying to me, God? They're saying you don't even exist. Don't you exist? Aren't you gonna show them that you exist and you won't even show up in my circumstance to show? Have you ever felt powerless? Have you been gut level honest enough with God to look at him and say, You've forgotten me. And everybody around me is pointing, saying, you don't even exist. Where are you now? And you won't even show up. Because I know some of you are in situations, whether financially or emotionally or relationally, where you feel like God has given up on you. And maybe that's why you walked away from the church to begin with. And you're just here today because your girlfriend dragged you. I don't know. But we've all felt powerless, and David did too. But he was gut level honest with God about it. Is this okay? Is this okay to be honest like this? I think so. I think so. Because God called David a man after his own heart. And it's not that that God wants you to be angry with him. 
It's that God wants you to be honest with him. And if you are powerless, if you do feel that way, then he wants to know. He wants to know you feel that way. And he wants you to say it to him because that's what a relationship looks like. What about this next emotion? Jealousy. David felt it. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. (laughs) Surely God's good, right? I mean, I don't see how he is, but surely he is. Like, I don't see how he could possibly be good. Well, well, David, why did you lose your foothold? Why are you doubting God's goodness? Look at this next part. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Don't you just hate it when people you don't like are doing better than you? Man, I wish I could figure out how to get my ab to be abs, right? Like if I could get my one ab to separate into nice sections, that'd be amazing. But all these other dudes I watch in the gym, their bodies, they're healthy and strong, right? I'm so jealous of different things about other people in my life. And David says, I am too, but surely God is good. I've got to believe God is good, but maybe just not, <laughs> not as good as he is to these other people who are wicked. See how honest that is? I, I, I would guarantee you that you've been jealous sometime during this week, but you've never quite said it to God this way. That you've just been like, well, if they're going to get that, then I'll just go and get this. And you either go on a shopping spree, right? Or you talk about that person behind there. I know that's what I would do because I'm often not honest to God about my jealousy. It's not in front of me and it's not in front of him. Look at this next one. You ever been excited? You ever been just overjoyed? Look at what David says. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds? When's the last time you shouted in the car? I mean, not at your kids, but it just shouted in general, right? If you just took it, I bet the last time you shouted, well, actually it might've been this week. You probably put together your NCAA March Madness bracket and you filled in all your teams and you're like, yes, I'm in the lead. It hasn't started yet. I know, but this is the only time I'm gonna be in the lead right? That's the only time I'm ever in the lead is when I fill out my bracket for the first time and everybody's like at the same spot. Everything, I'm behind everybody. But have you ever gotten so excited about something happening that you've been excited to God about it? I know you get excited and you post about it on Facebook, but have you turned around and talked to God about how excited you are about it? Look at this next part. He says, so great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. And watch what he does next. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. Have you gotten so excited that you've been willing to look at other people and be like, oh yeah, you doubted where my God was? Well, look now, look what God is doing now. Have you gotten that excited about it? Have you gotten so excited to him that you were willing to let it come out? Or have you stifled that excitement a bit? Being, oh, well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't look right if I did that. Or, or that might look weird if I sang out loud. Or that might look weird if I shouted for joy. You know, David, in another part, uh, in, in, in Chronicles of what he did, there's a place where he got so excited, he actually danced and took off his outer robe as the king, which was a big no-no, and danced in front of all the people. And his wife was embarrassed by him. 
I'm guessing this is what he wrote down at that moment. Like this is the psalm he wrote in that moment because he was so excited about what God had done. He wanted everybody to know. And what about this last one? You ever been angry? You ever been so angry that you took it to God? Break the teeth in their mouths, oh God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lines. Let them vanish like water that flows away. I don't know about you guys, but you ever had a toothache? There's not much worse than a toothache, except maybe stepping on a Lego at night, right? But David says, no, 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 don't break one. Break all of their teeth. Break every single one. Cause them so much pain. Make them hurt in their mouths. Take their fangs out, God. Let them flow away. Just vanish away. Just look at this next part. It gets even better. Like if you think that's angry, watch this next part. When they draw the bow, let their arrow fall short. Just embarrass them, right? That next business deal, let it fall through and let them go bankrupt, right? He is hoping for their demise. He is praying to God, please knock them out of commission. Look at this. May they be like a slug, that I don't know of anything worse than a slug other than a leech. Like a leech is just a slug that sucks your blood. But seriously, a slug is the worst thing in the world. Let it just melt away as it moves along. Let them be slugs, God. Turn them into slugs. Because this is awful. I'm so angry. And guys, I hesitated to read this next verse because listen, you think you can't bring your anger to God. And you're like, well, I can't be angry in front of God. I can't tell him how I really feel about these people. I can't tell him how I really feel about what he's doing. I can't really tell him and be honest with him. Listen, David is about to be so honest about something that I hesitated to put it in there because it is raw. Look at this next part of the verse. Like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. You make them like a stillborn child. And guys, I have watched two couples birth a stillborn child And how dare you tell that to anybody? And David, honest to God, says, that's how angry I am, God. I hope that they are like stillborn children. Listen, some of you are dealing with an anger that you won't be honest about. And you're seething behind the scenes. And that's why when you go home at night after work, That's why your kids aren't sure how they should react when they're around you. And that's why your boyfriend and girlfriend aren't sure how they should talk to you. And it's just just wrecking your life. And so many of us are stuck in different emotions that God is telling us, no, 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 listen, listen. I'm your father. I want you to be honest It's okay, I understand there are ugly things in your heart. But I want to hear about them. I want to hear about the things that hurt you. Because that's who I am, that's who I want to be to you. But if you won't be honest with me about it, I can't be full to you. Guys, honesty unlocks access to God. Your willingness to be honest about the things that hurt you the most or throw you into tantrums the most, those are the things that prevent you from seeing the God that you so desperately want to show up in these situations. Because you're not being honest to him about it. He can't open himself up to you because 
That's what a relationship looks like. So if you want to be fully honest with God, you can get honest to fully open, God to fully open up to you. But until you're going to be fully honest about it, he's not going to open himself up. He's going to continue to be there and be available, but he's not going to open up because that's what relationships look like. And listen, here are the benefits. I want to tell you four real benefits to being honest to God this morning. Here's the first one. Being honest to God forces you to be honest with yourself. Because see, most of us are not in the habit of even being honest with ourselves about things. In fact, there are things that we've been hanging on to for years and years and years, and we haven't even been honest with ourselves about how much that affected us or how that derailed our relationships or how that's messing up these future things that are going on in my life. We haven't even been honest with ourselves about it. And God says, look, if you'll be honest to me about it, that's going to help you be honest with yourself because there are some things that until you say them out loud, you, you just ignore them. And so I want to give you something. I want to give you a way to make a habit of being honest with yourself. You be honest with me first. That's a huge benefit. Here's the second benefit. Being honest to God brings you clarity of perspective. It brings you clarity. You know that equation I put up here earlier? I said X equals three. A lot of you did the math and you realized, you know what? There are actually two answers. X equals three, but X also equals two. And then when you bring honesty to God, he will open up. Sometimes you think there's only one choice in a situation. There's only one way out. And if you're honest to God, sometimes he gives you wisdom to say, no, 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 no. X can also equal two. Hang in there. There's, there's another way through this than what you see. And I want to help you see that. But if we're not honest to God, we don't gain that perspective from him. We only keep our own perspective. We only see one way. Here's the third benefit. Being honest to God gives you a clean conscience. Gosh, wouldn't that be great to walk out of here today knowing you just have a clean conscience? Like, like God's not just gonna fix everything and take all the consequences away of things you've done or things you've said or things that have happened. But wouldn't it be nice to know that if you were honest to God today that you could walk out going, you know what, I've dealt with that. And yet, I need forgiveness and I need to go ask so-and-so for forgiveness and I need to go into so-and-so and clear the air but man, it feels good to get that out in the open and have that off my chest because there's nothing better than going to sleep at night with a clear conscience. And then the fourth thing, guys, is what I've been talking about, but you've got to see this as a benefit. Listen, the fourth thing is this. Being honest to God allows you to have a closer relationship with God. And all of us want to know our Heavenly Father in a way that know that He's with us and that He's surrounding us and that He's walking through things with us, but a lot of us just ignore being honest with Him. And we keep saying, why, God, aren't you coming closer when it's us? We're holding Him back because we won't open up and be honest first. And God is waiting for us just to open up about the things that are hurting us the most. Guys, your relationship today with God could change. You could walk out of here today knowing that you have a clear conscience, that God is walking with you, that even if you don't see how he's working, that you can at least know that you've been honest with him about where you are. And things could change for you today. It's very simple. Will you just be honest with him? Will you start by telling him what it is that's on your heart? Will you start by looking at him honestly and treating him like a real person? Because he is and telling him what it is. Maybe it's you have a problem with him. 
Maybe you could be, for the first time, you could honestly look at him and say, God, I just have a problem with the way you're handling things in this world. Why don't you just get honest with him? God, I don't understand why you allow this pain. I don't know why you allow this to happen. I don't even know why you allowed this to happen in my past. Why don't you get honest with him this morning? Here's my challenge for you this week. Maybe you won't do it today, but maybe this week, you just take some time to be alone with God. Find some time to get away. Get out of the, the mess of life for a second. Go out for a drive. Go sit in a field. Go, go sit and watch some cows. Do, do something that you don't normally do, right? And go out there and talk to God for a little while. And just lay it all out. Spend as long as you need to this week putting it out there. God, I, don't, I just don't trust you. I doubt, what, I doubt you're even here. I don't understand why you allow that to happen. I don't, I don't get why this is going on in my life. God, I'm angry. God, I'm sad. God, I'm hurt. God, there's nothing I can do. I have no way out. Tell him. And no, I, I can't tell you that things are going to get solved and suddenly, magically, you're going to snap your fingers and everything feels better. I can't tell you all that's going to happen. Here's what I do know will happen. Is that God will show up. God will be with you because he is anxiously awaiting your honesty. He so badly wants to come running and be your father and be there for you in the most honest of situations. And he's going to stand right beside you. He's going to hold you. He's going to love you. And he's going to open himself up to you when you are honest. And man, I can't wait for all of us to get honest with God because that is going to open God up to not only us, but the people in our lives. Because when we are honest, God shows up in a very special way. Guys, let's pray today. God, thank you so much that you have given us a chance to come here today to be together. And God, I pray for each person in this room, God, that they would be honest with you this week about what is pushing them, maybe even to the brink of, of just frustration and annoyance and God, I pray for your release of freedom as we're honest with you about the things that most deal in our heart. God, that you would come and make yourself known to us in a brand new way. God, that we would see people this week take some time alone with you and walk with you through some things that they've been ignoring. God, I pray for people who are today dealing with relationship issues, maybe in their marriage or with their kids or with their parents. God, help them to be honest with you about it. God, I pray for those people who are dealing with financial issues where they just feel stressed all of the time and they feel powerless and they're not sure how to break free. God, I pray that they would just be honest with you about it. And God, I pray for those of us who are just so jealous. We're just looking at other people wishing we had what they had. God, I pray that you'd help us to be honest about that as well. And that our honesty would bring us closer to you and give us the freedom that you offer. And in your son's name, I pray it. Amen.